action. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Welcome to Torn... Oh, what was that? <laughs> that's... Wow! Because that's not an annoying noise. Welcome to Torn Stubs. <laughs> Welcome to Torn Stubs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer, Jew, I'm still a Jew, and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk. And Joshua Winning, not a Jew, but the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies because it's Christmas Day. Christmas. Let's do presents first. Okay. Um, so one of the I gave jo- I've given Joshua two. One's your birthday present. Hurrah! So the one you're opening in. I mean, you can choose which one do you want. Is, do you want that to be your birthday present? Yeah. Okay. So that's your birthday present. Is it trash related? Oh, it might be. Is it going to be utter trash? Oh, awesome. So read it. Okay. So I mean, it's, it's a book. It's a book and it's called Brat Pack, Pack America and it's a love letter. Oh my God, I can't speak. I'm so you've excited. Because you eggnog. Yeah. It's a love letter to 80s teen movies by Kevin Smokler. Awesome. Thank you very much, Rob. It's and it's a got pleasure. like a VHS kind of cover. Yeah, it looks like a VHS tape. That is so cool. Yeah. Read the inscription. Oh, right. There's an inscription in front, apparently. Obviously. I've got, I've got sources who've told me that it says, Joshua, the 80s will never die. Happy birthday, December 2016. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the birthday present that I didn't give you last year. Oh, <laughs> thanks, I'm, I'm reusing it this year. Are you going to open your present? Um, yeah, okay. So, I've already... I mean, you can see all these on... Is that Santa I can hear? Yeah. You can see these on Twitter. We'll post these pictures. So head to Twitter now. We're at Torn Stubbs Pod. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. at Torn Stubbs Pod. Yeah. That's the card from last year as well. Because you cancelled your birthday party last year. I had the flu. So I had, you know, I was watching the holiday with the flu, crying oh. my eyes out. Right. Let's see. What's this? What I is think... J... My inscription on my Christmas card, oh. birthday card, says JWHBRG. Uh, Joshua winning. Happy birthday. RG. Oh, I thought it was like some kind of code to your spaceship or something. I lost my spaceship. Mine's a book of some sort. We've both got books. Kim Newman's Video Dungeon. Collected reviews. I love Kim Newman. You're obsessed. I love him. I just, you know, whenever I'm at a press screening with you, on the rare occasion that I venture out past six o'clock at night. (laughs) He's a gremlin. You can always see Kim Newman because of his hat. Yeah. He's got his hat and his long flowing hair. The first collection of film critic, film historian, and novelist and hat wearer, Kim Newman's four reviews and the best and worst B-movies with themed chapters covering new films and re-releases. This is so cool. Nice little plug there for Kim. This is one of those, film, this is one of those books that you can, you can genuinely read cover to cover and then go back and, and sort of yeah, read well, normally, other bits and pieces. Normally with books like that, I kind of look for the films that I love and just read about them first. But no, but it's also really good because then it gives me ideas on what other films we can watch. Yeah, totally. Not just for this, but just in general just in, for me. Just in life. Oh, thank you for that. And the inscription says... Oh, I haven't inscribed it yet. Nothing. Because I hate people writing in my book. <laughs> I was going to turn all the pages down for you because I know you love that. One of our um, one of our mutual friends, Jez, got me a comic, got me a graphic novel for this year's birthday. Mm. Oh God! And he wrote in there saying, "Happy birthday! I know you're going to hate me writing in it." <laughs> Thanks. We right. love you, Jazz. That's right. your Christmas present. Okay, awesome. So have a look. Oh, I've got two presents in one day. Yeah, well, twelve years. Twelve years. 
Oh, awesome. 12 months apart. It's a Blu-ray. Blu-ray, because you've just got rid of a load of turt. Yeah, I have. And The Handmaiden, which is Park Chan-wook's kind of very disturbing book adaptation. Is it disturbing? No, no, no. That's... Yeah. No, I, I think you're... Is it a book? Yeah, yeah. It's based on um, that... It was based on that TV show was Tipping the Velvet, wasn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's oh. the same... I think it's the same story. Like, don't listen to me. It could be wrong. Oh, it might be, because there is some lesbian love in this film. Yeah, yeah. I loved this film. Thank you so much. I fucking loved it. Awesome. And it's in Blu-ray quality. Yeah, beautiful. And it's the the Curzon collection so you know you got some good extras there if you want to watch this film you want to watch it in blu-ray on blu-ray high def because yeah. it is gorgeous i saw that film on my own and i bloody loved it Aww. let's take a photo of you with your all right your little thingamajiggies all right oh it's like christmas morning well it is christmas morning i'll get the microphone in as well oh oh <laughs> smile <laughs> do that again that's the one going out. Brilliant. You'll have to go to... That's my at... raptor expression. <laughs> what? When you go into the kitchen to try and eat Tim. <laughs> um, I don't even know what we're doing. What film are we doing today? Right. So today we're doing Black Christmas. Yes. Do you want to Do you want to go on? Uh, well, it's 1974 and it's directed by Bob Clark. Wow. Christmas. It's like I'm in the movie. Hello. Billy, <laughs> <laughs> Billy. Hello, who's there? <laughs> what's this about joshua black christmas is a 1974 horror film uh, it's directed by bob clark and it's set in and around a canadian sorority house in the lead up to christmas uh, and so the sisters including jess who's played by olivia hussey and barb margot kidder who's fantastic barb potentially boozy, barb. Uh, have been receiving an obscene phone calls that are genuinely like really quite horrible and not very nice we're gonna um, kill you that pretty much that yeah a lot and uh, then one of the sisters goes missing and then this is what develops and what develops i mean what do you feel what do you feel develops so this is a, a slasher film that predates halloween by four years it came out just over a decade after psycho and peeping tom and it came out the same year as texas chainsaw massacre so it's kind of it kind of bridges these two eras of horror so it's kind of got that hitchcockian lo- you know single location kind of people trapped um not really know not really knowing what's going on quite don't know they're trapped sinister. right exactly yeah and then the the kind of halloween's kind of slasher thing um so it kind of bridges those two worlds and i watched this when i was a teenager i taped it off tv one night and um i watched it at christmas actually and it scared the living daylights out of me how old were you i was like 17 maybe it scared you. I just don't... I had, you, it, had you seen Halloween before? I had seen Halloween, yeah. And I just find it, it's just really unnerving. It's got this... It was made for like $620,000. Pounds. So yeah, it's like really... 600 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and all of that went on Margot Kidder's booze budget. Well, I know. And, and Miss Max. Um, it's really low budget. It's grainy. It's it's kind of not hugely great quality in terms of like the, the film stock hasn't lasted very well. Um, so it's got that grainy kind of gross feel to it anyway it's all very dark it's all kind of you know there's al- functioning alcoholics in it there's like an abortion oh, subtext um you know it's all just a bit dark and, and gloomy and it's like a grim christmas it's a black christmas um with i think no two black people in it actually no two black people no, there, are, say. there are no there are two black people <laughs> all right say, there's no two black people <laughs> in this film um so yeah it's just got this really like grungy horrible feeling to it and it just always gets under my skin. Always. Like, without fail. Like, I watched it again the other night. 
and I could hear upstairs banging around and it just made me but think they bang around all the fucking time I know but it just made me so unnerved I felt like maybe Billy was in the attic but I haven't got an attic but he might have been up there why do you like these slasher films I, I just don't get it because I feel if I've seen one and let's say I've seen the granddaddies of them all Halloween or if I've seen you know the Friday the 13th which you know episode well, episode five of this podcast go and listen to it because we review every single friday the 13th movie in existence every single one we did it so you didn't have to yeah. but once you've seen those films you know you've seen them once you've seen them all so why do you you joshua why do you keep going back to this genre because they are essentially the the scaffolding is all the same but you know the tarpaulin is is slightly different the frills are slightly different but for me they're not different enough to make me want to watch the movies because you love Scream. Yeah. You love Halloween and you love this. I just don't get it why you want to go and watch the same shit over and over again. I don't know. I I think I've, I feel like I've slightly outgrown the slasher genre. I think that's, that's pretty much dead and done with now. I don't really think anyone's making particularly good slasher films anymore. Is anyone making any slasher well, films there, anymore? There's the, um, the hat, there's the hatchet films that are, quite recent um, I'm not aware of them and I mean Saw kind of took Slasher and turned it into something else Torture Paul it was like gore wasn't it yeah, yeah. It, was more it was like, like hostile shit yeah exactly but um, I don't know I think it just it was just a, spe- a very specific time in my life when I was a teenager and I was just a, tra- had a lot of drawn. anger <laughs> not to have anger but you loved knives yeah, we yeah, get it Josh we get it I am ghost face <laughs> no I was just drawn to the I was always drawn to dark stuff like Stephen King and yeah uh, Robin Jarvis is an author who can be quite dark as well. And Point Horror, I was obsessed with Point Horror books. And so, so you, you were a young adult fiction right, um, uh, fan. fan. I guess that's why you've become a, yeah. a young adult fiction writer. Yeah. It's that kind of, it's this, the, I mean, the stuff that you've just described sits on that, that sort of very fine line between pure horror and just um, sort of very, very almost family friendly acceptable mm-hmm. horror like scream yeah. is not scary scream's really funny and clever and does what it does really well so it kind of it took it took all the rules that are established in films like black christmas and halloween mm-hmm. and friday the 13th and it inverts them and makes you question if you know exactly what's going to happen so that's mm-hmm. why scream for me is is kind of one of the greatest horror films ever made um you feel differently i, I do because <laughs> i lean more towards if i want to if i want to watch a horror film i need something that's going to terrify me and I've, i can't remember which episode i think ah we we spoke about it on the blair witch episode but we haven't mm. released that one yet that's uh, coming in january but i said that um that i need to kind of feel that something could potentially happen well that's that's but, why no, no, i think black I'm, christmas Works no, no, I'm, it's not I, I can finish what I'm saying. <laughs> I do apologize. Who interrupted me on Christmas Day? <laughs> Arguments have already started. Pass the you wine. can do the turkey. Um, I need to be able to feel that that whatever I'm watching, so in the sense of like The Omen or The Exorcist, of course that shit doesn't happen. But what happens if it does happen? And I'm being led into a full sense of security to think it couldn't possibly happen. Then boom, it happens. It takes me by surprise. Someone making obscene phone calls doesn't scare me. No, but then it's the thing that I think Black Christmas does really well is it kind of 
it um it lets the audience know things way before the characters do so when when you find so when they discover that the calls are coming from inside the house which is now obviously a very well-known urban legend and I, been... I didn't know that it came from this film uh well yeah. i mean because I, I knew nothing about this film yeah i, I didn't know it was going to be a slasher when and i'm sorry to interrupt you when the the first girl gets killed and I, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, he's made me watch a slasher film. <laughs> he knows I hate them. I nearly texted you at that point, but I, I, we hold off from telling each other about the films. I mean, we tell each other what films to watch, but we don't talk about the films until we're on the podcast. Yeah. And we, even the one we watched together, we were like, let's not talk about it yet. We need yeah. to talk about the podcast. But I remember thinking, oh, he's made me watch a fucking slasher film. But I think it's like a really good version of a slasher film because it comes before all the really cynical reboots and rehashes and all and retreads and stuff and it just kind of tries to make a creepy horror story and i think it does it really well and it doesn't undermine doesn't doesn't try to trick the audience like so when you've discovered the calls are coming from inside the house you you the audience are told that a few minutes before the uh jess discovers this the, the cops find it out yeah so the, the the film kind of trusts that the tension can come from we know that there's some seriously fucked up stuff going on in this house and they have no idea. And I find that absolutely terrifying. How long was he up there for in the attic? Well, he's basically living up there, isn't he? So what's he eating? People. But he's not. He's, he no. left one wrapped in... Wrapped in plastic. Yeah. <laughs> and another one... Um, hanging, hanging by a neck. Yeah, yeah. the... the Mrs. alcoholic <laughs> she yeah. was brilliant I love she's like her. going through the house I'll put the washing here she's got like a bottle of, uh, a bit yeah. of syrup here she's got one in a fucking book she no functioning alcoholic is functioning and functioning I mean I can't even function she's not functioning enough that she can cut out the pages of a bible so precisely that she can then fit a bottle, a bottle into the cutout pages no one does that well it's just done for laughs isn't it Ugh, she laughs. was so great that character Mrs. Mack who's the uh, what is she, the sorority? I think she's just a housekeeper. The, Maybe she works at the university. And well, there's, a, there's, a tame, there's, a, there's a name for it. It's like the sorority mother. Is she? She's there to okay. make sure the girls are all right, which clearly... Well, she, didn't do um, she didn't do her job well. Yeah, but she's great. And she was actually meant to be... Bet, Betty, uh, Betty Davis was offered that role. And she turned Blanche, yeah. you haven't had your dinner. But this actress, she's done... She did like four films in her entire life, I think. She's called Marianne Waldman. And she did... This film called Deranged, which is about necrophilia. It's like based on Ed Gein. Oh, and I, this. I was obsessed with Ed Gein as a kid. See, why are you obsessed with that? So um, this is what I think. This is what upsets me. When people are like, why do you like horror films? I'm like, why do you like watching true, tri- true crime documentaries? Because it's, it's like, real. That actually happened. That's but horrific. isn't it fascinating that, you know, Ed Gein could have done this in real life and then he inspired all these films? No, yeah, it's a bit fucked up. I think because I, I had watched Psycho and had watched... Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. as a kid. And then I had kept hearing this name. It's, it's based on this guy called Ed Gein. And I, I read a book about him and I think watched a couple of, you know, like shitty history channel documentaries where it's all coupled together really quickly. But he's really, he's a fascinating person. A really, you know, probably a lovely guy. He's probably been <laughs> history. will always remember him as, you know, the murderer, but he probably, you know, he helped people. I'm sure he was very charitable at Christmas time. <laughs> um, I felt with this movie and I, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I kind of had a debate with myself. Was this movie boring to me because I've seen enough slasher films and I know how they work? Or was this film boring to me because it just is a very badly pieced together movie? I didn't feel there was any tension. There was only one moment that, why, that I went, oh God, that shit me up. What was it? 
oh god and i'm thinking about it now is when we first see what's happened where the, the the first girl that's been murdered suddenly she she's on this rocking chair and she's wrapped in plastic and she's got her mouth open like a sex doll and she's rocking back and forth and you know there's like eh, 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 on the on the soundtrack yeah. and i was like oh god that really is quite like terrifying that's yeah, horrible and then that feeling just disappeared and nothing else in this film oh. made not I even had... when the eye went to the to the, between the door frame and the door when the eye is staring through the doorway no oh it's horrible no and i had to watch this film in three parts because i found it really oh Rob. nothing nothing caught my attention nothing kept me in the movie mm-hmm. um like where, when kia doula came on screen oh yeah he's the guy who plays piano and then peter 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 Peter, I want to get rid of the baby. <laughs> Was that girl British? Because she... she's French Canadian. Really? Yeah. Because she I sounded can... a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger she sometimes. Was awful. Like with her, hello, hello, <laughs> hello. Who's there? Hello. <laughs> hello. Is anyone there? I don't think. Hello. <laughs> she was like Nanny McPhee. <laughs> it's awful. But when Kia Doula came on screen, I kept thinking. Why is he doing this? And he looks and about then, like, 40. He does. And then I got thinking, what's he done before this? Oh, he was in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Then that made me, this was my train of thought, that made me think people in Kubrick films don't go on to have like very good careers. And I started thinking of our conversation from our If episode when we were thinking about Malcolm McDowell. And hilariously, Malcolm McDowell was given the chance to take the role of Peter, but he really? turned it down. Good. Well, he was probably yeah. doing something equally shit around yeah, this time. Or oh, actually, this was... 74. Two or three, yeah, it's like three years after Clockwork, so he was probably off doing Caligula on on TV. So he, he was doing all right then, but yeah, but I just I didn't think. I mean, you, you mentioned before some of the themes that were risen, like alcoholism and yeah. and um, like abortion. People, yeah, not just abortion, but pro-choice. Yeah, like my body, my choice, which is a real radical thing to be putting into a movie in, in the mid seventies. Oh, it was hugely when, radical. Yeah, hugely, but it never really went anywhere. It wasn't really tied into the murders. We don't find out that I find that really unsatisfying. Who was he? Well, that's the whole point is you don't know, but that's really unsatisfying. I found it. I found it terrifying that you don't know who it was. Cause that means it could be anyone. Cause the first the, uh, shot is his, is his point of view climbing into the house, right? Yeah, which is very Halloween. So John Carpenter kind of borrowed that for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but I, find it, it I find it just wildly unsatisfying. I don't know who that that person is. Were there were there any sequels to this film? No, they kept trying to make a sequel and they just couldn't make it happen. And Bob, Bob Clark has actually passed away now. Um, but they did. the studio actually really wanted him to reshoot the ending um, because they wanted it to be that instead of the killer being still in the attic kind of muttering to himself they wanted Jess to wake up and, and he's still in the lake that kind of shit yeah yeah no but then it would be um, Claire's boyfriend Chris who we've met earlier on the ice hockey player and it would have been him and he would have said something like oh Agnes blah 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 and stab her to death I thought it was Peter so, at one point well you're supposed to think it's Peter are we supposed to point. okay yeah I wasn't sure if I Peter, was meant to think it was Peter that's why the music is really clever as well because the music is like plucked piano strings and he's obviously a pianist yeah. So you're kind of being very cleverly manipulated into being like this. I is wouldn't say cleverly Peter. manipulated. <laughs> I thought it was clever. Be manipulated in the way that maybe a debt collector would manipulate you. All I can't right. even bloody All say right. it. Margot Kidder, 
She was a bigger star, surely, than this film led me to believe. She hadn't done Superman yet, but she's no. barely in it. And when she's in it, she's in bed. This is one of her first films because she, had, she hadn't done even like Amityville Horror yet, I don't think. Because that was 76, 77, I think. Was it? So, well, yeah. No, Superman was 70. When was Superman? 78? 78, yeah. Okay. So she did Amityville Horror 79. So this was kind of one of her very, very early roles. And she just kind of completely owned the film. She just like completely took charge and she got all the best lines. That kind of helped. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought she was great. And the film does suffer a bit when she gets offed. Um, like just go to bed, Barb. Like she just gets completely... (laughs) Pray for Barb. How did she get killed? I can't remember. Oh, she gets the the crystal unicorn. She gets stabbed to death with a crystal unicorn. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Like if you're asleep in bed and someone creeps into your room you know she's an alcoholic she was completely out of oh fuck she off she knows well then she woke up and had a panic attack so she did actually kind of know just smacked my but... microphone that's how angry i am at this bloody film i felt that the characters were nothing more than stereotypes you had like the stern father mm-hmm. you had um the concerned boyfriend you had uh the drunk floozy friend mm-hmm. who is um Barbara. margot kidder and the liberal housekeeper no one was ever fully formed. Not even Peter with his, I want to play piano. I'm going to take a break. I want to keep my baby. He was way older than her. She was actually, the actor was 38 years old and she was 22. And they're meant to all be university students. He was 38 in that film. Yeah, I know. All the boyfriends are just 40 years old. It's he really looked, creepy. He looked way older. Yeah. So he was only 28 in 2001. Because 2001 yeah. was, what well, was made in 66, 67, came out in 68. Mm. So he would have been, he's had a hard life. Yeah. And he's still around. He's still alive. So he must, yeah. he must look, he must feel like Max von Sydow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where the next finally he's caught, his age has caught up with his face. <laughs> yeah. Can I give you a bit of fun trivia about this film? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that I'm fun sure you... will be loosely. No. This is one of Steve Martin's favourite films. Steve Martin. Yeah. The, the famous comedian. Father of the Bride. Yeah. The Jerk. Yeah. And also it was one of Elvis's favourite films as well. So he used to put it on every Christmas. So if, if the king of rock and roll thinks this is one of the best films ever made, I'm just going to leave that right, that right there. You can keep saying that, but this does not make <laughs> it a good film. If you remember in 1974, Elvis was way way not way way down that's one of his films but way way down into depression and pill addiction so so he needed a bit of escapism with some black christmas no his just mind wasn't in the right place so how could he possibly make a a correct judgment on what the greatest film is correct this film is not good this film i liked it how many times have you watched it about three or four times over the past 20 20 years years, yeah and you watched it again recently for Mm -hmm. this purposely there's some great stuff in it that I hadn't caught the first time. Like, like there's, a, there's a bit when a woman opens her mouth to scream and the sound of a ring, ringing telephone, which is very Hitchcock. Okay, I, I remember and, that. Uh, I remember, yeah, that was quite cool. And, and like the, obviously the music that I mentioned. And then John Saxon. Who's who, that? He played the cop dad in... <gasps> Nancy's dad yeah, in, in Yes, Elm I did like that. I and did he plays like that. a cop in this as well. So it's yeah. like, oh, well, so he's gone on to have a kid who ends up being stalked by Freddy Krueger. <laughs> well, it's the same universe. Yeah, it is. I think it is. The juxt- I thought the juxtaposition of Margot Kidder's death and the carol singers was a really mm-hmm. really sweet touch yeah that was great really sweet touch um, and they were really good singers as well i was impressed mm, well the carol singers yeah carol singers ever come around your house no i don't i don't answer my door <laughs> ever no just never <laughs> only once can i remember carol singers coming around and you know we're jews <laughs> which means you love carols carol cohen 
So that was Black Christmas, directed by Bob Clark. Bob Clark? Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful film to watch on Christmas Day. <laughs> Fun for all the fucking family. We want you to join the conversation, so tweet us your thoughts and your Christmas wishes to at TornStubsPod, even if you're listening to this episode next Christmas. And we love five-star ratings, and it's Christmas, so why don't you just, like, give us them, maybe? Yeah, don't yeah. ruin my fucking Christmas. All right. We're off to make some phone calls. Until next time, which is tomorrow, Boxing Day, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut. <laughs>